Hello, my name is Anne Wynn, Associate Conference Producer at Cambridge Health Tech Institute, and today we have a special podcast for the upcoming Targeting the Unfolded Protein Response Meeting, part of the 13th Annual Discovery on Target event, September 23rd to 24th in Boston. Joining us via phone is Dr. Claudio Hetz, Professor at the Institute of Biomedical Sciences and Principal Investigator in the Laboratory of Cellular Stress and Biomedicine, as well as Co-Director of the Biomedical Neuroscience Institute at the University of Chile, an adjunct at Harvard School of Public health. Claudio, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Well, let's get started with our questions. Targeting the unfolded protein response is a relatively new area for drug discovery. Can you tell us why targeting components of the UPR has emerged as a viable therapeutic strategy? Another way to ask this is, what are some of the recent critical discoveries that have propelled this field forward? This is a very interesting question. So I would say that the the field has been uh, growing and growing uh, every year since, I think, 15 years ago. And most of the essential components that are regulating the UPR are now well characterized. And we have uh, mouse models to manipulate these pathways. And through different preclinical studies, the field has been able to show that the UPR is relevant to many different diseases, ranging from cancer, diabetes, brain diseases, and many others. So only, as you mentioned, only in the last few years, the field of drug discovery has been able to identify and develop uh, interesting small molecules that has been actually already tested in, in many modes of disease. And by following the literature, you could see basically that probably the area that has greatest advances in the last year is the area of cancer, because now we have many interesting specific inhibitors of one of the most relevant uh, UPR stress sensors, uh, known as IR1-alpha, that can be a block in the context of tumor growth and actually stop the development of cancer. Also, uh, very recently, other studies have shown that targeting the UPR can have interesting effects in delaying or even stopping uh, brain diseases like ALS in preclinical models. And this has been achieved in terms of drug discovery by the use of uh, small uh, molecules that can enhance the adaptive capacity of the protostasis uh, network. And actually, right now, there are many, many examples showing that actually modifying the UPR in different contexts can have beneficial effects. However, I think the most critical part right now is to really understand the specific consequences of manipulating a specific component of the UPR. Because at the beginning, when this field started more than 15 years ago, all the people thought, okay, ER stress is bad for the cell. So if you get ER stress, the cells at the end will die and undergo basically apoptosis. However, now we know that depending on the disease context and the UPR signaling component that you are targeting, the effects of a certain drug may be even opposite. Maybe in one disease, blocking one specific branch of the UPR will provide protection, and then in another disease, this may exacerbate the pathological process. And maybe in other contexts, nothing happens. Despite the fact, in the three different settings, the disease is associated with air stress. So the field is really uh, growing in, in complexity, and it is clear that right now we have to develop systematic studies and test and compare the differential contribution of a specific UPR signaling branches on a certain disease context. But right now you could see in the literature that, that the field is really, really growing and it's already providing uh, interesting answers in terms of applying all this knowledge and all these concepts to treat certain diseases. But of course at the preclinical level, we are still far away from testing these small molecules with the new components that are available in preclinical uh, models. What particular enzymes or proteins are emerging as promising therapeutic targets within the UPR and why? 
I think there are many interesting components, and I think we have two main strategies because right now we have available different interesting drugs that can inhibit certain components of the UPR. I highlight, for example, inhibitors of the main UPR stress sensor known as IR1-alpha. We have kinase and RNase inhibitors. Also for PERC, there are a few inhibitors available that can block its kinase activity. And using those components, actually, different labs have shown that, that blocking the UPR can provide interesting protection against uh, cancer, but also neurodegeneration. One of the components that was uh, generated by GSK actually is active through oral administration, and two years ago was shown to have a dramatic impact on the development of a very aggressive disease, separation disorder. So I think those compounds are quite interesting, thinking that they are specific, but I would like to highlight also a recent uh, drug that was discovered, UCSF, by Feroz Papa and Scott Oaks, that will be uh, presenting in this meeting, where they developed a novel kinase inhibitor for IR1-alpha, and actually they were able to show that these drugs are quite efficient in delaying insulin resistance and diabetes, but also they have interesting effects on a mold of retinal degeneration. So those components, I think, are quite relevant for future testing in other disease models, like Alzheimer's, for example, or Parkinson's. Another drug that I would like to highlight, because it has an interest in pharmacokinetics, is ISRIF. It's a compound that was discovered also at UCSF, but by Peter Walter. And this uh, drug was shown to block the induction of a major UPR transcription factor known as ATF4. And this particular compound actually was able to enhance the synaptic capacity of just a regular animal. In this case, it was a Walter brat. And actually, they were able to show that this small molecule can enhance the learning and memory capacity of an, of an animal in vivo. So that was a really amazing discovery in the field. And this particular drug is also active through oral delivery and has outstanding pharmacokinetics, stability, and, and so on. And the last drug that I would like to also highlight is a recent compound discovered by Anne Bertolotti in the UK known as Cephin-1. So Cephin-1 has the ability to reduce stress levels by targeting protein synthesis, and she was able to show that this small molecule has amazing therapeutic effects on models of ALS. So it can really reduce ER stress levels in the model. It can reduce the abnormal protein aggregation process observed in the disease. And this particular drug was a modified version of a previous compound known as Wanavens that was already used in the clinic to control problems in blood pressure, but that particular drug has serious secondary effects on animals. So it was really interesting to see in this paper published in Science this year that Cephin-1 actually does not have these negative adverse effects or one event and can actually provide protection in two different modes of neurodegeneration. So I would say that I will highlight basically these three compounds that were recently discovered in the field. So Cephin-1, ISRIF, and the IR-1 of kinase inhibitors. So these targets are interesting. So we have basically different components of the UPR being modified by drugs. But also I would like to highlight a different strategy that I think it would be interesting in the long term, thinking on the possible side effects of manipulating the UPR on a systemic way when you take a drug on a daily basis. So we are thinking that probably for the treatment of brain diseases where certain brain areas are affected, probably gene therapy will be a way to go because it's very difficult to obtain drugs that can activate uh, these UPR stress sensors and engage an adaptive reactant. So most of the components around are aiming to block the activity. 
which will be more interesting probably for the treatment of cancer, when you, where you want to block the survival capacity of the tumor cell. But in the brain, it's a little bit more complex, also because most of the drugs have poor penetration to the blood-brain barrier. So many different laboratories right now are delivering and creating strategies to deliver uh, active components of the UPR, like the UPR transcription factors, into the brain to enhance the adaptation process and decrease stress levels. And there are many successful examples in the literature showing that you can deliver, for example, XPP-1 as a therapeutic agent, and this will provide interesting beneficial effects in models of neurodegeneration. So probably, depending on the disease context, if you want to avoid systematic effects, it may be interesting to go for something more specific that will target a certain tissue or a certain, in this case, a brain area, if we are talking about diseases affecting the nervous system. What are some of the current challenges surrounding targeting the UPR? I think one major concern are the possible side effects of a chronic administration of a drug. In the case of cancer, I think this will not be a big problem because the community is thinking in combining known chemotherapies with UPR targeting components, so probably we will use low doses of UPR inhibitors for the treatment of cancer. But if you are thinking on a chronic disease, diabetes, Alzheimer's, Parkinson, probably the patient will be treated for all their lives. And this may have uh, important side effects because the UPR, the major physiological function of this pathway is to control the activity of secretory cells. So probably if you block the UPR in the long term, you will have adverse effects in, for example, insulin secretion in the pancreas, immunological problems because you will alter the activity of B-cells, and so on. So all the specialized secretory cells will be affected in the long term. So we really now have to define what will be the possible adverse consequences of long treatments. We're talking about months or years of treatment. And the second point, specificity, because only a few of these drugs that I mentioned are highly specific, but we still need to, to keep improving the current drugs to improve the stability is something really important, and also in the case of the brain, the availability in the brain. But one of the major concerns, I think, are side effects. And this has been already reported in many of the studies where they show beautiful effects, for example, in delaying neurodegeneration, but then you have side effects because you are affecting, for example, the function of the pancreas when you inhibit drug signal. You're giving a lecture during the upcoming Targeting the Unfolded Protein Response meeting, September 23rd to 24th in Boston. Can you tell us a little bit about your work and what you hope to convey to attendees during the conference? Well, the idea of my presentation will be to first summarize the complexity of this question. So which are the important targets in the brain? Because we are mostly focused on neurodegenerative diseases, but we have performed many different studies using genetic manipulation of different components of the UPR in specific pathologies, so Huntington, ALS, uh, Parkinson, now we're working on Alzheimer's, and we have been uh, comparing disease by disease, gene by gene, and it is clear from our studies that, again, depending on the disease context and the UPR signaling component that is modified, you may get even opposite effects on the progression of the disease. So the idea of my presentation is to really show the complexity of this important challenge. And then I will also summarize part of our efforts in developing a gene therapy strategies to enhance adaptive capacity of the protostasis network in the brain. And we have a really interesting and promising results in ALS. We can really induce a strong protection in preclinical models of the disease. So this is the aim of my presentation. But for me, also attending this conference 
will be quite motivating because we will be able to really discuss with many of the key players in the field about this, this current challenge because all of us, we are dealing with the same questions. So which is the best drug to use? What is the best disease context to target a certain UPR component? Are these drug specifics? What are the side effects? All these essential questions have to be solved if we want to really move forward these discoveries in the future into the clinic. We always like to end these podcasts with an outlook. What are people within the space just now starting to think about? In other words, where will the greatest attention be over the next few years within this space? I think in the area of drug discovery and therapeutics, it is clear that we have now important proof of concept over the table. So now we can ensure that the UPI is an interesting target. I will say hundreds of papers really showing that modulating the activity of the UPR may have a transversal effect on a variety of diseases that affects the human population. But the next challenge is really generate better tools that can be moved into the clinic. So I mentioned a few compounds that are interesting, that are being tested in, in many different diseases, but still these are good drugs for proof of concept. But right now we need to get something better in terms of specificity, activity, the range of activity in terms of concentration, so we can really think to use these, all these concepts and these advances now in hopefully in the future in treating patients. But we are still, I think, still uh, far away. And with that, I think we'll wrap up. Claudio, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for your time, and we're looking forward to your upcoming presentation at the Targeting the Unfolded Protein Response meeting this fall. Thank you so much for the invitation. For those listening, visit www.discoveryontarget.com for more information. Thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to seeing you at the conference. Goodbye. Goodbye.